0: Hi, I'm Cami, and I'm Brittany, and this is the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. The heart behind our podcast is to encourage and equip you as you start or continue your homeschool journey. If you're considering homeschooling or are new to homeschooling, we created this podcast with you in mind to answer common questions. If you're just finding us, you'll probably want to go back and catch up on our past episodes. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Welcome to the Deeply Rooted Homeschool. This episode is a little bit different than what you're used to. Today, we don't have any special guests. It's just us. And we are here to answer your questions. So we put out a question on our social media pages, which you should totally follow. We're on Facebook and Instagram, and we have a cool website. But we put out a question there just asking if you had any questions. And we got several. So we are excited to answer those questions for you tonight. Okay, Cami. so let's start with just the most logical place. People want to know, what led you to
0: homeschool? Well, I was homeschooled from sixth grade to 12th grade. And I always just knew that that's really what I wanted for my kids. I loved it. I enjoyed most everything about being homeschooled. You know, when we had our first son, um, I was working full time out of town. I worked an hour away from where we lived at the time. And I spent every day my commute back and forth both ways crying because I missed him. I missed the time that I was losing with him. And so very quickly, by the time he was six months old, I had quit that job and started doing a part time job. So that I could be at home with him three days a week, and then I worked two days a week. And it was just one of those things like I was not comfortable with not being with my kid. I didn't want to miss his first, I didn't want to miss his first word. I didn't want to miss him walk. I didn't want to miss the things. I felt it very strongly that I was missing things when I was away from him. And so as things kept progressing. We had another child, um, and it was time for him to go to kindergarten. I just knew that that's, we, we needed to homeschool. And since I was very comfortable with it because I had been homeschooled, it wasn't that big of a stretch for me. Like it is for some people that don't have a lot of experience with homeschooling. And Thankfully, my husband had always been on board. That was never a question. I told him when we got married, if we have kids, I'm going to want to homeschool them. And he was always on board with that. And he's always been so supportive of that being our end goal was for me to be able to stay home and homeschool our kids. So I feel like it was very a natural transition for us. Now, that's not to say it was easy and we had to really work And sacrifice things to be able to get to the point where I didn't have to work anymore. And in fact, I worked part-time until my third child was born. So that would have been my oldest's second grade year, first grade year, second grade year, something around in there. Okay, so real quick, you said that you were working
1: part-time when your oldest was in kindergarten and you had your until you had your third. So what is, what does that look like homeschooling while you're working part time?
0: You know, especially in those younger years, when you're talking about kindergarten, first grade, even second grade, it doesn't take that much time, honestly, to do what you need to get done for the day. And so sometimes I would leave the schoolwork with whoever was keeping my, my child at the time. It was one of our moms. So it was a grandma or Sometimes I would do it when I got home from work with him and it, we just made it work. You know, it's not, it wasn't easy. I was tired. I had was pregnant for some of that time as well. And with my third, and it was, it was hard, but we just kind of made it work. And so I worked two days a week. We had three days at home. That's still, we would sometimes do school on Saturday or Sunday. We just did it whenever we could fit it in and it was fine.
1: Yeah, and that's some of the freedom of homeschooling is that it doesn't have to look this this certain way. You don't have to cover these things and and knock this off the the list or whatever, you know. Um, like you said, it's it's easy. Kindergarten is super easy. It's supposed to be easy and fun. So doing that on your own time, you know, just kind of mixing it in with the day is not a big deal to a five year old.
0: Right. And to be honest, my five-year-old, my oldest, he was already reading at that point. He was a very early reader. And so some of the things that kindergarten really focuses on, we, we had already accomplished. So I think I was a little less stressed out about it because we had already met the goals for kindergarten and it wasn't such a big deal. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Okay, Brittany, so what led you to homeschool?
1: So it was totally a God thing because I never, I never would have thought this of myself. I never would have, you know, I went to school to be a teacher, not, not to stay home and teach my own kids. I I went to school um, to be a teacher because I loved my specialty area. Like I taught family and consumer sciences to high school because I loved child development and I loved parenting and I loved teaching the next generation about how to be good parents that that was my goal was I wanted to teach them how to be good parents um it's kind of an immature statement now I think <laughs> thinking back on it but that's that's what I wanted to do I wanted to teach them how to care for a kid properly and you know all of that stuff Um, And then I loved the nutrition classes and the wellness classes. Like I just, everything that my degree was about, I was super passionate about and I wanted to, to teach that. So, but at the, at the base of it, I just love to teach. Doesn't matter what it's about. If I'm passionate about it, I love to share it and I love to teach. So, um, but I never thought that would translate into teaching my own kids because I wasn't an elementary teacher. And I I kind of fell into believing that lie that I wasn't trained to be an elementary teacher, so I couldn't teach my own kids, which a lot of people believe, and it's it's totally not true. But at the time I believed it until I started getting this this nudge that I was gonna homeschool. And again, I thought it was crazy because in the small town that I was from, nobody homeschooled or if if you did happen to hear of a random family homeschooling, you, you kind of thought that family was weird. That's just that's just what it was. And then I moved to, you know, the town that we're in now and I started to be around families here and there, not in any like close capacity where I like really knew them well, but I would see the product, you know, their kids. I would see their families, the way they interacted together. And it was, it was enough for me to start really paying attention to that nudging and what the Holy Spirit was telling me, you know, you're going to homeschool. <laughs> like, what? This is crazy. Um, so I had our first and he was, he went to a, um, a daycare in somebody's home, someone from church that we loved. She was amazing. Um, and it was just really the perfect situation for us. I still got to teach and feel professional and that was something that was really important to me, too. When I stayed home with him his first year, because I did that, um, I loved it. But there, there was something missing. I, I missed feeling professional and going to work and showing up and, and doing all of, those thi- all of those things. But um, then my second was born. And that nudging just got so much stronger. And I think it was because my oldest was closer to preschool. He was now a preschooler. And that nudging just got so outrageous. And things in in the public school system just got a little outrageous as well. And that voice got louder and louder until I couldn't ignore it anymore. And the Lord clearly made a way. There, I had this conversation with my husband. He was on board. He was very supportive. It was just, okay, well, how are we going to make this work? And so then that talk of a sacrifice kind of came in and, well, here's the clear way. This one thing, we give up this one thing. It happened to be my dream car. And sacrifice for something way, 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 way less dreamy. Um, And that was the ticket. And so I did that and it opened the door for me to be able to stay home. And I wasn't homeschooling at the time. I was just staying home with my then just two kids, but it still opened the door for me to be able to do that.
0: And, you know, that sacrifice that you talk about, um, we were just having a conversation the other day, actually, about the things that people talk about you have to sacrifice to be, to homeschool the things that you sacrifice, but the things that you get back are so much more than anything you ever sacrificed. But I feel like, you know, there's, that's something that we all have had to work through is how are we going to make this work? Is it going to be that one of us has to stay home? Is it going to be that we have to give up our dream car? We have to give up our dream job? What, what is it? But when you know that God's telling you to do this, it makes it that much easier to do that. Uh, When I was, when I was working full time, it was my dream job. I loved it. I loved everything about it, but I loved my kid more and I was missing him more than I loved my dream job. Does that make, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous, but.
1: No, I mean, like you have these interests, you have these things that, you know, the professional life, the career, You know, all those things, those are are important, and God gave those to us as well. Like, He gave us those interests, and and I just, I have to trust that it's going to come back to us. You know, in one way or another, we're going to use those things, and I mean, I can already speak to the ways that God has redeemed that in me as well, Um, but it's not ridiculous that you love those things also, but you're right. You love your kids, your family that future more
0: and you want to invest in that. And I do want to say that it was a process. Like it wasn't just this month I was able to quit my job and we were magically like now we're homeschooling people. It was a slow process over a series of probably about five years. I mean, when all was said and done before I was able to see the way that God had made for us, for me to quit completely and be at home. So if you're struggling with trying to figure out how to make all the ends meet and still homeschool, just hang in there because God will continue to provide. If that's what he's telling your family to do, he will continue to provide for you in all the ways that you need.
1: That's so true. And yes, I mean, I say like, I, we traded in my dream car and I got this other one and and that didn't magically make everything on paper work out. You know, I had several side jobs. Right Writing for different places, um selling different things um but but those were interests as well, and so, you know, and my husband had to pick up a few more jobs, you know we we just made it work, but it was something that that we could do, like we we sacrificed in a
0: way that worked for us to be able to do this other thing, right. right. Okay, Brittany, so the next question that we had submitted is one that was kind of hard for me to think of my answer for, but the question is, what do you find to be the biggest challenge of homeschooling?
1: Oh, my children, the ones that I am homeschooling, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um
0: That's not what I expected. <laughs> I <laughs> you know what I expected,
1: that wasn't it. Um, I, yes. Um, I have not spent a ton of time thinking about this question, to be honest, because it was just like, oh, I don't know. And then it just kind of came to me like, oh, no, this is the obvious answer. <laughs> it's um, okay to say this. It's okay to say it, Brett. But it's also the beautiful thing. You know, it's one of those, like, there's a positive and a negative to it. You know, I've got three very different learners in my house. And one that is um, his father's child. He's very, very intelligent, but he's also, he's difficult. And he's very stubborn, very strong-headed. And teaching a child that is those, all of those things, you know, is like a beautiful mess. It's. I know it's going to be so worth it, and I am learning a lot in the process about how to teach kids of different abilities and different personalities. And it it makes me so so thankful because I think if if I were to put any of my three kids in a class, one would do well. As in, he'd he'd just breeze through because he's he's so. He's so good and kind and, and easygoing, but he's also the kind that will look at you like a deer in headlights and really not know what you're saying, but he would not want to ask. And so I'm glad that I get to be the one to sit in front of him and, and realize that he really isn't getting what it is that he's, you know, what is required of him. So I, I'm thankful for that, but at the same time, it is, it's hard when you When you're juggling these different um learning abilities in at one table, but you know and then the teachers in public school have to deal with how many you know at one point, I had thirty kids in my class no, I had thirty five at one point and was just promised it's not going to be this way forever. We will eventually move these kids out we will you know whatever but for there for several weeks I had way, way, way more students in my class than I should have had. And there was no way that I could meet each and every student where they were at. So the biggest challenge for me are the the precious kiddos that I am in charge of. But I'm also very, very thankful that I get to meet them where they're at
0: because they're mine. Now, that's such a good point because every kid is different and i I do think I agree with that that's that is a very challenging thing as you get more kids homeschooling. this is the first year that I'm gonna have all three kind of sitting at the table with us. Um my youngest is four, so he's not doing formal stuff, but he's there and he's listening and he's learning and it's really hard because they are all very different, and managing that is tough. managing that is tough
1: it really is, but it's I mean, it's something that we've been tasked with, right? And we can do it. And so that's the thing that I'm competent in, is that no matter how hard it gets, and today was a hard day, um, but no matter how, how hard it gets, I know that God has given me these kids for a reason, and when I when I trust that, then I trust the process, and I know that He's going to equip me in whatever way that looks like. Okay, so Cammy. Your turn. What
0: is your biggest challenge? Well, I had trouble even narrowing it down to just one because (laughs) homeschooling can be hard. I mean, there's things about it that are hard. And so they kind of play off each other. But the first thing that I think is really hard for me is that I'm, I'm introverted. And I really like quiet. I really like my own time, my own space. I don't like people crawling on me and touching my face at all hours of the day and night. And when you have when you're home with your kids 24/7, you don't get a break always. And especially when I was in that new homeschool mom season, when I had just started, I had a toddler and then I had a toddler and a newborn. It was so hard for me to identify that I needed an outlet or I needed a break. I needed to walk away. I just kept plugging along being like, this is going to get easier. Surely it's going to get easier. And it never did because I never identified I could, I really need to walk away right now. And my kids are a little bit older now. So if you're in that season of just having a newborn or having littles, little littles, it gets easier. Things change and shift a little bit. But I've learned myself and learned how to communicate that to my spouse and say, hey, I really have to walk out right now. I'm going to go sit at Sonic for a little bit. Or maybe I'm just going to sit in the garage, but don't tell anybody where I am. I've got to go for a few minutes. And the other piece to that is I really, really get stressed out when our house is a mess. When you're at home and you homeschool your kids so you're you have both the school and your house and all the other things all the extracurriculars they're all at your house they all are spread across your house from wall to wall and it 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 really does like has a physical anxiety in me when my house is a mess and that is kind of just one of those things that God's dealing with me about when Alice Ann, I can't remember if it was when Alice Ann was on our panel episode or if it was on the um, Kids with Different Abilities episode, one of the ones that Alice Ann talked on, she talked about how homeschooling is just like this dying to self process. And that really resonated with me because that's how I feel about, this sounds so like, selfish, but that's how I feel about our house and our my space is that... I have to constantly die to self about it. And I have one, my middle child is very creative. And you know that phase when kids like pull everything out of the drawers Mm -hmm. and dump it on the floor? Like when they're like 18 months old or so, she's never outgrown that. And she's seven. And we just still, everywhere she goes, there's just a wake of mess in her in her path. And she's so creative and she's constantly like making books and, you know, turning toilet paper tubes into this elaborate craft, but that's messy. And she loves paint. She loves all the things and that stuff like gets under my skin faster than nobody else. And it's just hard. That's really hard for me to figure out the balance between teaching my kids to be responsible and clean up their messes and not losing my cool. Like there's a there's a line there and I walk it very frequently um because it it drives me nuts. So, I have been there.
1: Yeah. I I struggled with that for a long time. Well, I don't I don't know, really long time. It felt like forever. And it was, you know, where this this OCD just like took over. And it was like, I can be consumed with this to the point where it completely steals my joy Mm
0: -hmm. in all
1: of it. I'm walking behind and I am cleaning up the things constantly where my kids aren't really having a childhood um, because everything is getting picked up behind them. And and our, our middle children sound so similar so basically i think a lot of people can relate to that and unfortunately i don't feel like i have the answers for it yet i think that um the lord gave me a lot of peace in setting it down for a season and and i've gone the i've gone the other extreme where it was okay this causes me too much anxiety to think about all of the things out all of the time and uh and my job is never ending I pick something up only for it to get dropped again and not picked up, and then I'm picking it up, and I'm cleaning the same thing. it's like i'm I'm in a hamster wheel. um I've gone to where it was so overwhelming on my anxiety to where okay, I'm just gonna lift my arms and just let it all let all the things fall and try not to think about it because whatever <laughs> nothing's gonna change so one thing I've heard is that. There are so many people that are like that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and different people are kind of finding the different things that work for them. But overall, what advice can you give somebody that's in that position?
0: I mean, I think that you just have to reevaluate what your definition of a clean house looks like. Mm-hmm. Or and and one thing that we did, I uh, had to say these are the the mandatory things that have to get done every day. We really have to keep dishes moving. I mean, dishes are important. Laundry is important to keep moving. And, you know, if there's like food mess somewhere, it has to be cleaned up. But after that, it's really okay if it stays for a few days. You know, is it, is it really hurting anything if your marker bucket is still sitting on your dining room table four days from now? It's okay. Okay. And I've had to learn how to be okay with that. And the other thing that I did, because I was the person that just, like you said, was walking around behind my kids, cleaning up as fast and as hard as they were making messes. I was right behind them, cleaning them up. And I gave myself a curfew, especially in that season when I had little babies and and little toddlers. I had the tendency to stay up late after they had gone to bed and I should be in bed sleeping and I was cleaning and just like trying to get it all done. And I gave myself a curfew. I said at nine o'clock, I'm not doing anything else. So whatever's not done at nine can wait till tomorrow because I need to rest to be able to be a good mom tomorrow. So I guess those two things kind of redefine what your baseline is on your house, what has to be done, and then give yourself a curfew and say, you know what? No, it's important that I rest. And it's important that maybe I work really hard for 10 or 15 minutes after they go to bed Mm -hmm. and then I'm done and I need to rest and have my, my downtime.
1: Yeah. And I know for me, um, some of it was just leaning on my spouse too and saying, look, these things make me really anxious. Like this, And and just explaining what that felt like, just the heaviness that comes from, I feel like I'm never stopping, like it's just constant and, and letting him kind of help with that. And I mean, this happened with us kind of recently with the laundry, I could not get on top of it because I was thinking about school starting and I was making all of the plans and, and I just told him like, I'm starting to get really overwhelmed with this again. And before I knew it, all of the laundry was done. And he said, you just got to tell me, like, I don't always know what to help with, but if you'll tell me, I'll do it. And that was really freeing for me because, you know, there are sometimes I'm like, no, this is my thing and I'm supposed to be the one to do it but that's not always the case. You're, you know, you're in this thing together Mm -hmm. and there may be some, some freedom that, that your spouse has in, in their schedule or, you know, whatever, where they're like, well, if I knew what to do and, you know, sure, they could probably think of it on their own, but sometimes that doesn't always happen. Not everybody's wired in that way. And so just letting them know, Hey, I could use help with laundry.
0: It just goes back to basic communication Mm -hmm. between you and um, especially, especially when you homeschool, it feels like you as the as the main homeschool parent, it feels like you don't ever get to walk away from your job. Mm -hmm. And all those things, the lines blur on household and homeschool. It all kind of blurs together. And it's really hard to say oh, I need help with this, it is for me, it's hard to say that I need help, but that's a good point, like, just communicate with your spouse about it, and if you don't have a spouse, so, for instance, I was in this season, when my kids were little, my husband was working in another town, and he worked 60 to 70 hours a week, he was rarely home, um, when the kids were awake, except on weekends. So the Monday to Friday, I was I was on my own. And that was the season that I gave myself the curfew, where it was just like, I have to take this time. So if you're a single parent listening, I mean, it can be done. You have to give yourself a little bit more grace and a little bit more understanding.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, obviously we're not saying
0: kids can't help. Oh, right. Absolutely. They were we're, just too little during that season to be of any help. But now my kids have chores. My kids do things.
1: Chore chart that thing, you know, (laughs) if that's your thing. Or don't, if that stresses (laughs) you out. Chore charts aren't my thing. It doesn't work well for me. It doesn't work well for us either. (laughs) But, you know, some people really love that and, you know. You can,
0: you can figure that out as well. You have to figure out what your kid is motivated by to help you with this. Because my kids are motivated by different things. My oldest is motivated by money. I can say, I will pay you 50 cents if you put away all this laundry. And he will go do it and be like, okay, I need my 50 cents. But my middle kid is motivated more by food. And like, I, oh, yeah, I will give you your favorite little treat that I keep in the pantry for you if you go put this away or go do this. And, um finding out what what motivates them to help you do your job, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we talked about all those challenges of homeschooling, and there's a lot. But there's also a lot of blessings. So let's talk about some of those blessings. I mean, being with your kids, it's both a challenge and a blessing, being with them all the time. And, you know, there's really obvious ones like, we get to be in charge of our kids' education. We're kind of in control of what they learn. We get to experience those things with them. And if they're having a challenging moment, we get mm-hmm. to use it as a teachable moment and always point them back to God. We get to, do, we get to be the person there with them. But what are some other things? What are some other blessings of homeschooling? I love watching the,
1: the moment that my kid gets something. And, you know, it's like when, when your kid starts to walk and, you know, whether, whether you want to say it or not, if you didn't get to experience that, there's a part of you that's just super sad. You want to be the one to see those firsts. And that has carried through into homeschooling for me. When I, when I uh, realized that my oldest loves history and just like, eats it up. Like he just thinks history is the coolest thing. And I relate to that with him because I'm the same way. Like it was squashed a little bit in me through public school, um, just in the way that it was taught. But I am I'm discovering that in myself as I'm, you know, learning with him. But watching those moments when they're like, ah, I get it. Or, ah, oh, that's really um exciting. Or, you know, today we were reading about Columbus. And when he got to one island, there were cannibals. And I saw it coming. And like as I was reading it, and I looked over to him for his response. And it was, he did not disappoint. It was so funny. It was just like, what? And I just, I had this like snapshot moment of like, I'm going to remember this. Like his reaction when I read about these cannibals was just great.
0: So the things like that I feel like are really big blessings. Right. I mean, they are just to be the one that's there with them. And and mm-hmm. when they face the challenges and they get frustrated, too, to be the one that sits there beside them and helps them figure it out. Not mm-hmm. that it's not sometimes frustrating for us as well, right, right. but when when you have walked through figuring out a more complex math problem with them or they finally get it, mm-hmm. that's so... So good, like that's that's the heart of it for me, right? Um, and I really love to continue to learn with my kids because, you know, I thought pridefully I thought that I had a really great education. I was homeschooled, you know. I got to do some really cool stuff when I was in in high school, and then I have a master's degree, and uh, in science, you know. So I felt like I had a really great education. And the things that I didn't know never ceased to shock me because there's so many things that I just didn't know or didn't remember learning. And it's like... um one of our friends constantly talks about redeeming your own education through homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really what I feel like is a blessing is that I get to go and learn these things with my kids. And I love certain things. I'm kind of a nerd about things. I know that you know this about me, but I can go really deep in science stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I get to share those things with my kids, the things that I'm passionate about and see them start to learn those things for the first time... It's so much fun for me. Like that has been so cool. This year we're learning about human body and anatomy and science. And that's my jam. Like I'm there. I know we we had this coloring sheet and I wasn't sure what they were going to do with it because it was like the skeleton and it was all these different bones and it had them labeled and all this. And I just kind of handed it to my, all three of my kids, my four-year-old, my seven-year-old and my, and my 10-year-old. And I thought, well, at least it's just kind of like exposing them to it. And I swear all of them did different things with it. But even my four-year-old was over there like trying to draw lines to match the words to the right bones. And then my seven-year-old color-coded them and went and found and like would color the word and then color the right bone. And I just was like, oh, oh he's your you, child. You love it as much as <laughs> I do. And it was awesome. It just really made me so happy. So I guess that's my biggest one It's like, just getting to watch them learn and experience the things that I'm passionate about.
1: I totally agree. I feel like there are so many things that, I mean, and my, my oldest is just in third grade. And there are things as early as third grade. I, well, earlier, teaching them to read. I was terrified to teach my kids to read because, again, I was like, I'm not an elementary teacher. How am I going to do this? But learning those rules, it was one of those, I don't know how I, I know to read. I don't know how I even know how to write well, but I do. Like, I write well, but I don't know how. I know that. And getting to learn, relearn some of those things, learn them for the first time, honestly, has been so rewarding for me. And then, yes, the, like I said, the history. I love history and getting to kind of in an unschool way. Like, it's not like, When you're in a public school, and like this is what we're reading today, and that's it. It is. My kid says, "Oh, that's cool. I want to read more." Well, okay, okay. Then let's find more. Yeah, let's find more books. Let's find more. You know, more stories. Let's let's dig into this because we can. Because our school only takes an hour, an hour and a half. Let's dig into this. Let's do whatever it is that you're interested in, and. I don't know. That has been a huge, huge blessing. I just nerd out on it on things
0: that I thought I would not care about. Right, right. Geography, geography is like that to me. I never yeah. was good at geography. I never learned it at all. I was. It was just wasn't something I was even interested in learning. But as I have have gotten into it with my kids. I love it. I absolutely love sitting there and I will pull out the colored pencils and tracing paper and sit with them and do it because I'm enjoying it too. And just that, like that, sitting at the table with your kids and learning with them is such a blessing. I mean, that is the biggest thing. It really is.
1: I mean, and it seems so simple, just that learning with your kids. But But it fills
0: my cup. Like it, it fills my cup. Exactly. Yeah. It really does. You're
1: sharing something just like, you know, if you were doing anything else, sharing anything else, like
0: it's huge. And I hope that when my kids are grown, mm-hmm. that they can look back on that. Mm-hmm. And just like, just like a family vacation or going camping or the things that we do to like create memories with them. I hope that they look back on this time of us sitting in our dining room, all at the table in our pajamas, eating cinnamon rolls together mm-hmm. and think, wow, like I'm really glad that I had that time with my mom. You know? Yeah. I really do. That's that's yeah. the whole heart behind why I do this. Exactly. Yes. That right there. Okay, Cammy. So our last
1: question is if you could tell yourself one thing back when you first started homeschooling, what would you tell yourself?
0: That's a hard one. Um I think that I would tell myself to relax, just let it go, and to lean into who God called me to be, the kind of mom that God called me to be. I really wish I had had that episode um, a few episodes back with Anna when she talked about knowing the kind of mom that you are. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I'd had that. I wish I had read Teaching from Rest before I started homeschooling where um, Sarah McKenzie talks about... Just being the kind of homeschool mom that God called you to be, and letting your kids thrive in the atmosphere that you create. I think we, I think we quoted that last time, Mm -hmm. maybe even. But I wish I had known that. I wish that I had read that or thought that, and I would tell myself to stay off Pinterest and to not look at all the fancy Pinterest things because that stressed me out trying to live up to an ideal of something that I wasn't really made to live up to. Um. Our friend Amy always says that you just need to trust the process. Mm -hmm. And I never understood what she meant by that when I was, you know, when my second and third years of homeschooling. This is heading into my sixth year of homeschooling right now um, because my my oldest is in fifth grade. So kindergarten plus five. But. I understand it now, like to trust the process, trust that it's okay, that some days you may not get to all the math problems. And sometimes you may not get anything done in two weeks. And that's okay. Just trust the process that in the grand scheme of things, everything smooths out. And it's really, it's really fine.
1: That's so true. God really does fill in the gaps. He does. Well, So this one, this one was pretty easy for me because I know exactly what I struggled with in the beginning. And well, I have struggled with off and on throughout my four years of homeschooling. And that is comparison. And we just talked about it in our last episode with Jen. But if I could tell myself one thing and and really believe it, that's the thing, is that it's easy to say relax or it's easy to say stop comparing blah 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 but until you know who you are and until you are resting in that it's really difficult but I yeah if I could say stop comparing because you will spend more time more money more energy than you have if you're going to compare yourself to other people Mm -hmm. um because, yeah, I can't tell you how many notebooks I have that I threw away, how many curriculums I ended up selling, how many I ended up just giving away, um, you know, how much time I spent on something that I knew did not fit my personality as a mom, as a homeschool mom. But so-and-so over here is doing it and they seem like they have their life together so I'm just going to do that. You know, I, I mentioned that in our last one about the, the copy and paste that I would do, of, you know, from different people. I can't tell you how many times I've compared myself to other homeschool parents and tried to do what they were doing because it looked like they had it together. Nobody does. Nobody no. really has it all together. But, yeah, like you're saying, know who you are.
0: I think I would tell them know who you are. Yeah. But but it's hard mm-hmm. because I think that I, I said I've this is my sixth year of homeschooling. And I think that every year I've gained a little bit of confidence and I've learned a little bit more about myself and about God and about my kids. And I can put those puzzle pieces together in a different way than I did last year. And it's kind of this like it's a constant transforming Mm -hmm. just because because just like our walk with God is a constant transforming we're not the same that we were last Mm -hmm. year and that's the same in homeschooling is that you've uh, you get a little bit more every year and I, I think that that six years ago, me had no idea who she was. Yeah. Six years ago, me had no idea what I wanted my homeschool to look like. And that's okay. That's okay if that's where you are and you're yeah. just starting this journey. But every year, give yourself the grace to grow and figure it out a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And to make those mistakes. I mean, yeah. honestly, you know, some of the mistakes that we're going to make, oh, we're just going to make them every year. And that's okay because, yeah, it's a transforming, it's a refining. You know, it's like he's just chiseling us out of this big, massive rock. Um, He's just, he's refining us into who, you know, he wants us to be. And last year's homeschool, Brittany, is probably different from this one. And that's okay, because last year, that's who I needed to be for that season. And so this year, you know, God, if I'm I'm open and I'm listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying, he's going to lead me either in, in a similar path or somewhere different. And, and that's okay too. You don't have to do the, the things that you did in the past either.
0: Have you heard that quote that um, is something along the lines of, what if homeschooling isn't about what God wants to do in your kids, mm. but it's about what God wants to do in you? And I always come back to that and think about that and just be like, okay, God, like you're definitely, you kept using the term refining me. And like, he's refining me constantly through this journey.
1: Yeah, I think it's so important to recognize that it's not, and I don't think anybody thinks it's just about your kids when you're homeschooling, um, but definitely be tuned in, right, to what the Lord wants to do in you as mom and dad and as family. Like what, what is He trying to to accomplish? Because if you are tuning into that, you're going to gain so much more. It's right. gonna, It's so much more than the curriculum. It's so much more than the grade or, you know, any, you know, keeping your kids home for whatever reason that you thought you were keeping them home for. I guarantee God is going to add to it. He's going to change it. You know, if somebody says, why are you homeschooling? My reason today is very different than my reason four years ago. Very right. different. Very different from my reason two years ago. I feel like every year or maybe even, you know, monthly or, you know, however frequently, he adds another layer to it
0: of this is why you're doing this. Mm, that's good, And it's always for his glory. He's yeah. always got a plan. Well, we hope that you enjoyed listening to us answer your questions. Make sure that you go check us out on Facebook and Instagram. We've been trying to do weekly Facebook lives, and some of these questions came from there. So if you want to know some things, head over there, check it out.
1: And we just want to end this episode with our, our founding scripture, what this podcast is based off of. And we just ask that you would lean into this, make it your prayer as you start your homeschool year. And it is Psalm 130. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatsoever they do prospers.
0: Thanks again for joining us. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's episode. Make sure you check the show notes for links to everything that we talked about in today's episode. And make sure you check us out on social media at the Deeply Rooted Homeschool.